0: If you have your Bible with you, turn with me to 2 Corinthians, the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians. This morning, we will be in chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you're a guest with us, normally we would be in the book of Mark. Mark. We are in a series in the book of Mark, watching Jesus as our king. And we are not even halfway through. So we would love to invite you to come back next week and join us as we continue in that series. But today, we're going to think about not just the Easter story, but how the Easter story should shape us and make us be able to live in days like this. And picking up from the Apostle Paul, the theme will be this morning, we do not lose heart. With all that in mind, let's read together 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is the word of our living Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose hearts. but we have renounced disgraceful underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves. But Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So, death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus Will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as the grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. During the Depression, this phrase became very popular use it up, wear it out, make do, or do without. Everything had been stripped from the people of the Depression, so they knew they could not throw any uh, anything away. They had to maximize everything they had. So things like flower sacks would become your Sunday dresses. Rubber tires would be reused and repurposed for the soles of your shoes. And even decades later, you could see people like my grandparents and the ripple effects that this mentality had on them where they saved everything and reused everything. The story that took everything away shaped them for the rest of their lives. And if you talk to certain people, many think and expect that what we have all gone through as a community will have that kind of ripple effect on us. How many of us, even now, even this year, have lived as if the story of Easter is not true? That death is the end, and then there will be no more. And just like the people of the depression, we let the story that takes everything away define us. But Paul, in all of his suffering, shows us the resurrection way. And what he wants us to see is this. The story that saves us must be the story that shapes us. The resurrection, the empty tomb, should change us to live as if the resurrection is going to happen. As if death is not the end. And whatever we're going through, brothers and sisters, whatever trials, if we're going to make it, then what happened on Easter needs to mold us and fashion us and shape us and change us in such a way that for the rest of our lives, every moment of every day makes it apparent and obvious that the tomb is empty. Does the story of Easter shape your entire life? Or is it just shaping this morning? Paul first shows us the story that saves us. Verse 5, he says, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. This church that he's writing to is messed up. It is a messed up church with a lot of problems. It's made worse by a group of teachers who like to call themselves the super apostles. They were the avengers of the first century church. They had all the style. They had all the skill. And they would get up on Sunday morning, put a picture of themselves on the screen and say, that's the finish line, folks. And if you do what I do, if you obey God's rule, if you follow these rules, you can have God's power just like me. You can have God's love just like me. And the people in Corinth ate it up. Mark Seyfried tells us that the Corinthians fell prey to hero worship. Honestly, it sounds a lot like us. But they started forming teams, and groups would say, I want to be like Super Peter. I want to be like Apollo. I'm on this team. And then in comes Paul, who refuses to play these superhero games, because there's only room for one savior in the story. That's why in 1 Corinthians, the first letter he wrote in chapter 15, verses 3 to 4, this is his message. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Plain and simple, by open, open statement, brothers and sisters, this is the good news of the gospel. This is the story. That saves us. God created you and me to be in a relationship with Him, but we chose to make the story not about Him, but about us. And instead of living under His rule, we decided that we wanted to be the hero of the story. And the Bible teaches that's exactly how death entered this world. That's why we've endured everything we've endured the last year, because we chose to be the hero of the story. Romans five twelve. Paul says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. And left on our own, with our own power, with our own abilities, none of us will escape this. Our good works will not do it. Your church attendance this morning will not do it. It will get you nowhere. Money that you give to charity, it does nothing for God. Love you show your neighbor puts nothing in your spiritual bank account. The things that you do for your family and for your community mean nothing when it comes to your salvation. Brothers and sisters, you and I are not the heroes. And as Paul says, that is why we do not proclaim ourselves. The only thing that we provide in this equation is the sin that needs to be forgiven. That's why in verse 6, Paul compares it to creation, where God took nothing and made everything. Only darkness, and he says, let there be light. And when it comes to salvation, verse 6 says, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, the good news of the gospel is that God does what you cannot do. He's not expecting you to be a better you this year. He's not expecting you to change the dead into life. He did it for you. 1 Peter 3, verse 18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Jesus became weak so you could become strong. Jesus became poor so you could become rich. Jesus became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. Jesus took on death so that you could have life. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now may I ask you this morning, is that your story? Is that the story that saves you? Imagine you arrive at the throne of God. And he asks you why you should partake and enjoy in forever life with him. What will your answer be? What will the story be that you give? Is it you or is it him? Friend, if you have never made the decision to give your life to Christ, to turn from you and everything about you, And put your trust only in what Jesus has done for you in his death on the cross and in his resurrection. Friend, if you have never done that, do that today. Confess, agree that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in what Jesus did on that first Easter morning and you will be saved. But brothers and sisters, it is one thing to know that story and it is another to let that story shape you. Because as Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. And so let me ask again, for everyone in this room who claims that is their story, how much kingdom power have you been displaying this year? How much have you let that story actually shape you in the way you're doing life right now? Paul moves from the story that saves us to the story that shapes us. We see it in the rest of the chapter. And if you looked at Paul, you wouldn't think much. He wasn't the super apostle. People reject him. People persecute him people scoff at his weaknesses people roll their eyes at his lack of talent people in the book of acts fall asleep when he's preaching because it sounds so boring but unlike the super apostles Paul lets the cross and the empty tomb shape him so that he will not quit or give up that's why he says over and over we do not lose heart I don't need to ask for a show of hands, but how many of us walk in today with difficulties and trials, hardships, and heartache this morning? We need to remember this, brothers and sisters, please hear me. The only way to get to the empty tomb is to go through the cross first. That's what it looks like to be gospel-shaped. It's not all victory now. In order to get to Easter Sunday, you've got to go through Good Friday. That's how the story shapes us. And Paul gives us three reasons not to lose heart. So if you're going through some hard things, this is for you. Three reasons if you believe in the empty tomb, and only if you believe in the empty tomb, should you not give up, should you not lose heart. The first reason, Paul tells us, is everything we experience is privilege. Everything that you go through is a privilege. Verse 1, Paul says, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. No matter how hard things got for Paul, he never says, You know what? I deserve better. Look at everything I'm doing for God. Paul remembers his story. He tells the Corinthians in chapter 15, verse 9 and 10 in the first letter. He says, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Elsewhere, Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. When he looked in the mirror, he didn't think too much of himself. He remembered his own story. And Paul knows that everything he has, even the hardships, is a privilege he does not deserve. His ministry is not a personal achievement. It's not something on his resume. He says in verse 1, it is mercy. And mercy, friends, is not something that you can obtain. It is only a gift from God. So how do you find strength to keep living for God when everything seems against you? How do you keep going? How do you not lose heart when you're tempted to believe that you deserve better? Remember the mercy of God in your life. Remember who you were before God showed up in the first place. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Friend, I don't know what you're going through, and it could be a lot. But based on the authority of the Word of God, let me share this with you. Because Jesus lives, because of the resurrection, Everything that you are going through today is a privilege, it is a mercy, and it is an opportunity. The second thing Paul tells us is that we should not lose heart because everything we face has purpose. Everything we face has purpose. There's so many of us who have probably endured this year, gone through things, and thought this is pointless. This is meaningless. Why am I having to do this? So many of us wrestle with what in fact is our purpose. And as Paul is shaped by the gospel, he gives us two of them. We are to show God's power and serve God's people. You and everything you're going through are to show God's power and serve God's people. First, first. You're to show God's power. Look at several verses in this chapter. If you have your Bible still open, look first at verse 7. Paul says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. In verse 11, he says, for we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. If our story is not us, but him, if that's the basic version of our story, how do people see that? How can you leave today and show someone not us, but him? The only way to do it is through weakness. You you can't point people to the cross by showing them your awesomeness, by showing them your strength. The only way for people to see resurrection is to see death first. It's the only way people are going to know that you're shaped by Easter is to see a life of death, of crucifixion, of suffering. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul says, But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And when we do this, brothers and sisters, it has an impact horizontally, and it doesn't just show God's power. It serves God's people. Look at verse 12. Paul says, so death is at work in us, but life in you. Then in verse 15, for it is all for your sake, so that as the grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. This is a game changer. Paul says, my suffering is for you. It's for your life. My cross is your empty tomb. What is this saying? you got to hear this. Your trials are not for you. Your heartache is not for you. Your sorrows, your suffering, your persecution, the things that you are going through, it's not for you, it's for someone else. So instead, brothers and sisters, of us getting so down in the dumps, looking down and asking over and over again, why me? The question we should be thinking is, who is this for? Who am I to share this with? David Garland tells us about the jars of clay. He says that it's only through the cracks that the divine light shines to others. Why did God put you here? What are you here for? Friend, embrace your purpose. Do not try to be a super apostle. How many of us come in and try to act like we've got it all together? How many of us only show up to church when things are good in our life and it's easy to put a smile on our face? How many of us refuse to share prayer requests that might show someone deep down in our life things are messed up? Do not hide what makes you vulnerable. Do not keep what makes you weak from other people. Be transparent. Be open. Be ready to share what you're going through because brothers and sisters, that's where the power of God shows up. By refusing to be open and transparent, you were telling people the empty tomb is fake. You don't believe in it. There is no resurrection because I've got to be something super. If you believe in Easter, you can fall flat on your face with tears in your face and say this is how messed up my life is, but the power of God is going to do something. He's going to bring life into death. He's going to create something new. How different would this church be? How different would this community be if we believed in that kind of resurrection power? We quit playing games and putting on a church show and trying to show everybody how special we are. Friends, I'm jacked up. I am messed up. I am not the celebrity. I am not the hero. And if you're trying to be one, go ahead and get out. Jesus Christ is the hero. Brothers and sisters, do not lose hearts. That's the message. What you are going through Brings glory to God and can bring life to those around you if you let them in. Everything that you are experiencing has purpose. Paul tells us not to lose heart because everything we experience is preparation. This is not the end. Look at verse 16 and following. Paul says, so we do not lose hearts. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. Paul shows us how the story that saved him shapes him. He's being changed every day. He says, I'm being renewed day by day. I'm being prepared for glory. So I'm going somewhere. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. That's why Paul said, one thing I do, I don't look back, I keep looking forward because God is changing me day by day. Brothers and sisters, this truth needs to shape our perspective in 2021. It needs to shape the way we face our trials. It's so easy for us to say, I'm going to take the easy way. I'm going to take a different path. How many times Have you wrestled with that idea? This is just too hard. This is just too much. I got to do something else. Am I the only one? How many of us have wrestled with that? Brothers and sisters, let the resurrection shape your thinking. That's why Paul kept going. Did you see it as we read this chapter? It's tucked in there, but it's the reason Paul does not lose heart. Look at verse 14. It's the key. Paul says, I keep speaking because I know that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. That's where we're going. What we have now is a process. What we are going through is preparing us for the place that God is taking us. Resurrection is not just a past event. Easter Sunday is not just about one Sunday morning that happened a long time ago. The resurrection is the promise that one day Jesus comes back and we all rise from the grave with him and live with him forever. Easter is a future event. And when you compare what we face now with that Easter, everything changes. When you compare what you've had to deal with the last 12 months with that eternal life, goodness. Goodness. We're not even talking about the same story anymore. It doesn't even compare. That's why in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And so, can I just ask you, not just today, but in the days to come, as trials continue to knock on your door, as things continue to grow and grow increasingly difficult, as you have to deal with the realities of this broken world, let eternity change the way you face your trials. Let the resurrection from the dead shape you. If you are only shaped by what you see right now, you will lose heart. Did you hear me? If you are only shaped by what you see today, what you read in the news, what you hear from your friends and your neighbors, if you only are shaped by what you see in this world today, you will quit. You will give up. If you only let the momentary shape you, you're done. That's not our story. Let the story shape you. We do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim a risen Savior. Jesus Christ crucified for our sins, buried in the ground, and raised on the third day. That's our story. Let it shape you, brothers and sisters. Our God brings light out of darkness. Our God brings life out. From the dead. So when you feel like giving up, when you feel like losing heart, look to the empty tomb. Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Brothers and sisters, if that is your story, let it shape you for the rest of your life until the Lord comes again. Let us pray.